Okay, so this is like a complete and utter mind fuck that I've had while like tripping ass in the middle of the woods. Do you ever think that trails, like hiking trails, are literally um, giant rat mazes, but for humans? and then if you get lost you're kind of more on the stupid side of things because I mean all of that land is government owned so like our our trails and these like cool places that we think are so cool and naturey are really kind of like giant human mazes for us to figure our way out of kind of like the movie the maze yeah <laughs> terrifying I never thought about it like that <laughs> So like, but because like, like also trails change. I've been on trails. Like I literally was on trails last year at the beginning of the year, and by the end of the year, the trail was different. But is are they leading us to something? Because if you think about like the psychology and the studies that people have done, like anytime they put the rat in the maze, there's always like something they're supposed at to the find end. and like or avoid. Mm-hmm. But like I, I damn bro. Yeah. Right. Like. I get chills when I think about that, and it, like, freaks me out sometimes, like, if I think about it too much before I go into the woods, because I'm like, am, is this, like, how people end up lost? Because they they get to, like, the prize, and then they, like, get out of whatever the fuck we're in, or, like, yeah, like, it, it mind fucks me. I'm like, am I going to go into this, like, these woods and, like, get to the end and then find out that, like, I get to level up, and, like, now I have to leave behind this entire life, so now I have, like, an entire identity crisis. Like, oh, yeah, like, in my, sometimes I don't finish trails for that reason, because I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready to leave this life behind. <laughs> but, like, also it's the uncomfortability factor that, like, if you go off the trail, you don't know if you're going to find your way back. Mm-hmm. So you stay on the trail just because it's there. Yes. But, like, you don't know where the trail ends either. Nope. Like, you've never been to the end of the trail. Usually, like, when you're going out on a hike for the first time, you've never been to the end of the trail. So you don't know what's at the end. And you're just trusting that someone's laid a path out. That's great for you to travel. Yeah. Terrifying, right? I love a good mind fuck, but that one just reeled me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have, like, definitely had that thought, like, multiple times. Even just, like, when I'm just like take a few edibles and like I go hiking because it helps with my knees and stuff like that but like then I just like start thinking I'm like this trail is made because multiple people have walked it but who are the multiple people to set the trail in the first place like perfect example I went to this one trail in the middle of nowhere and when I first started hiking this trail it was not protected land it was hunting grounds so like I always had to make sure I was in an orange jacket I was like always you know decked out in things that identified me as not a fucking animal mm-hmm. but then this past year I went to this hiking trail and it is now protected land. It's no longer for hunting, but they have demolished all of the trees and like scorched it. And I know that like that's good to make sure that like, you know, things like that. But there are like walking trails within this scorched land that was like that are like brand like that's brand new. And like I went hiking this winter and like it was scorched and I was like these trails wouldn't be here yet. Because you just burn the shit out of this. These trails should not be here. And, like, it, I got so freaked out. I was like, I got to turn around and get out of here. I can't be here. I was like, I'm getting chills. And, like, I'm, I'm mind fucked to the, like, 10th degree. I need to go home. 
I mean, I always have to consider, like, the rational, logical answer, which is, like, oh, people thought that they would be walking around here, so I'm going to create, like, the easiest trail to follow, like, what's the easiest way up or down to to certain locations, but, like... There's no mountaintop at this per- particular trail. And there's also, like, you have to think about the intent of the person walking those trails. Why did they choose to go left versus right? Yeah. Was it just some contractor that just was like, yeah, nah, 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 and demolished a trail? Or was it like, no, here are your plans. You need to, like, make trails this way from a from a, a government perspective because protected land is government land. Okay. Are you ready to roll into this episode? Yes, ma'am. What a weird transition. But let's do it. All right. Chills. You want to talk about chills. <laughs> Welcome back to Table Talks, where deeper conversations are something highly sought after but rarely explored. And I have with me, as always, my wonderful co-host, Alyssa. Hi, honeybees. All right. How was your weekend? Just lovely. Um, I didn't do much because my cramps got me fucked up. Fair Fuck control, especially the one I'm on. Fair enough. Um, but I found a really good app over the weekend. Mm-hmm. This is not sponsored, but I just absolutely fucking love this app. They actually just continued my my conditioner, which mm-hmm. I'm low key pissed about. But I found the Yuka app, which I downloaded a really long time ago, and I found it on the I think it was Instagram maybe. And you scan everything, and it tells you from zero to hundred if it's good or bad on the ingredients. And then it tells you what ingredients are, like, low and high risk, yep. which is amazing. And can I tell you, I went through the whole section pretty much at CVS, and I finally found stuff that actually said, like, 100. <laughs> it was few and far between. But this, my hair has never looked better. Yeah. My hair has never looked better. Who it's knew? crazy how all of the, pro- like, chemicals in products can really damage your hair and your face and your just your body in general. Yeah, my hair looks absolutely fucking gorgeous. And that's even with my hair being kind of fried after the last... Oh, my God. My last same. hairstylist, um, I saw somebody else because she was too busy, and they ended up, like, f- over-processing my hair, and so it's, like, feeling like straw. And I was not expecting my curls to bounce up, but, like, you saw me, and you were like, oh, my gosh. Look at your curls. Yeah, and now you're on it, too. And yeah. You're like, I love my curls. I literally just started using uh, the new conditioner and shampoo and, like, the hair mask that I bought. Or not even hair mask. It's a curl-defining smoothie, Ooh. which I thought was really cool. Um, and that was, like, my first time using it in my hair was so fucking curly and like I thought to myself I let it just like naturally dry with like but it was super humid so of course my hair did like the puff-tastic dry and like everything the little little flyaways but I was like can you imagine if I took the time to like use a cold diffuser on this like hair dryer I was like these curls would be perfection like literally perfection I can tell you they're perfection I diffused my curls after using it and wow Wow, is all I have to say. My hair looked perfect. Yeah. yeah. Even my weird bangs. <laughs> How are you this week? I'm good. Um, definitely stressed, but that's just because I have a lot of my plates. So yeah, your plate's pretty full. Yeah, but we're getting there. Things are calming down. So one day at a time is basically how I'm taking it. That's it. That's all I can do. Yep. That's all I can do for one day at a time. So that's you're it. Very, you're being very present. Yeah, I'm trying to one day at a time it. 
cross that bridge when it. I get to it. Yeah, like, okay, the next fire that comes up, I'll put it out. But right now, I'm not going to focus on what fires could possibly happen. I'm just going to focus on the fire that's in front of me because that's all I can handle at this moment. Because it's being stressed. It's making me break out. And we're not loving it, okay? Not Aww. loving it. All right, what are we talking about this week? We are talking about first time. Ow, ow. Feels like the first time. <laughs> I don't even know if that was actually the beat. That's pretty close. <laughs> It's okay. It's going to be the off-brand version so we don't get copyright. Right? <laughs> All right. So how is this episode going to go? Because once again, because I've been stressed with a lot on my plate, you have handled most of the notes this week, if not all of the notes this week, actually. So. I've been on a roll. Yes. We talked about attraction leading up to this series. Um, last week, we talked about flirting and sexting and dirty talking and this time we're going to talk about first time and kissing styles because that's kind of like that first step that you might encounter so we're going to talk about the type of kisses your kissing styles and then we're going to talk about first time preparation and our experiences as first time so why don't we dive in to the types of kisses please tell me more now can i just say the um, number of types of kisses that I when I researched all of this there were so many different numbers it wasn't just like oh it's seven it's five it's you know it was like 25 39 10 12 15 I was like how many kisses are there <laughs> and then I found an article about types of kisses showing like types of, of affection kisses of affection kisses on top of the head on the cheek how to kiss a baby how to kiss a, t- a child and I was like Oh my god, there's instruction manuals for everything. Yeah, nowadays there are, for sure. I was like, well, okay then. But, so I kept it pretty basic. We're talking about just general types of kisses, so... Fair enough. The first one is peck or closed mouth kisses. Um, these are sweet, quick, closed mouth kisses. Um, it can show that maybe you're pressed for time, so like you're running late in the morning, going to work or disinterest or even like pulling away from the relationship if if you're in a long-term relationship and maybe you're used to those like deeper intimate kisses and now you're only getting like a peck on the cheek or on the lips it can show a sign of disinterest but i think closed mouth kisses is like kind of where a lot of people start Mm. it's that little it's like yep yep for sure and so we have forehead, cheek, nose, and hand. I kind of grouped these together how I thought kind of all, they have the same type of meaning. Yes. Yeah. Um, every every spot is going to be slightly different, but forehead, cheek, nose, and hand, I think go hand in hand. They're all like cute, light um, kisses that show affection. So like nose, the term is usually Eskimo kisses when you rub noses together, um, but the the kiss specifically for Eskimo kisses is actually about rubbing your nose um, to nose because it's more about smell than touch and that your scent glands are actually in your cheeks. That is wild. Yeah, I didn't realize that that's what it... I, I knew that it was like rubbing noses and like it's more I about thought. smell, but I did not think it was something to do with the glands. And then I was like, is that like a way, like, you know how like cats rub against like your shoes and stuff to show that it's theirs? I was like, is that what the Eskimo kiss does? I was like, I need need more research on that one. But like, is because the glands, like you're getting that person's maybe like scent on you and then it's like oh my god other people can pick those pheromones up and you're like. I've always loved Eskimo kisses with my partners and I never really understood why. Like, Like, we'll just be laying there and I'll just like Eskimo kiss you. 
Like, like it's just like rubbing your nose yeah, all up in it. Yeah, I'll just like rub my nose, like, you know, a little T-shape, like the shape of your nose. Like, I'll just like do that. Uh, and it's totally like, ran- we'll just be laying there and I'll just go boop, boop. I actually and never I do done it an all the time. Kiss. I don't do all Eskimo kisses. I like kiss like my partner's tip of his nose. Yeah. Like, like that type of thing. Or maybe no. like a little slight like up against his nose. But I've never been like, rub you, rub you, rub. Yeah, like I'll go like up one side and then come down the other side of the nose. Like with all of my partners. And now like I'm like, oh my God. Is it's that about like scent. A, yeah, like that's like a a primal thing. <laughs> Hey, we talked about that. You're into primal. Fucking A. Makes so much more sense now. Oh, righty. Good to know. I always associated Eskimo kisses with butterfly kisses because butterfly, like, Eskimo's nose kisses and then butterfly kisses, which I'm not going to speak on to the list. Like, that's not part of the list. But butterfly kisses is when you, like, rub your, like, eyelashes eyelashes together. together. Yeah. And that just felt, I was like, who actually spends the time to, like, Eyelash, eyelash. Like, I've definitely tried it, and I'm like, that's just so weird. Like, I, getting that close to someone's face is, one, really hard, and two, like, you're so close it to each other's eyeballs. It seems impossible. I There was a different type of kiss. I can't remember the name of it, but it's, like, when your partner kisses, like, right above, like, the eyebrow or, like, right below. Like, it's on your eye. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you're, like, rubbing your eyelashes together. together. I was like, that, the eye, kissing the eye makes more sense. It's, like, cute, it's sweet, it's really intimate. Yeah. Um, but trying to get your eyelashes together just doesn't make any sense it's to me. It's weird. Like, it, it's almost, like, impossible. It It is possible, but it feels really strange when you're doing it, I promise. Because, like, I've definitely tried it, and I was like, I don't ever want to do that again. Nope. That was nope. weird. <laughs> There's uh. no scent glands there for me. Sorry. I have primal instincts, and your eyelashes aren't giving me <laughs> primal pheromones oh my god Uh, anyway so that was nose forehead is usually like care affection protection Mm. um a lot of like i feel like after sex is a really like people kiss your forehead yeah it's like just like a sweet intimate like moment yeah absolutely um hand hand can be like more respectful it can also be platonic or cultural Mm -hmm. um some people will kiss your hand um as a cultural gesture Mm -hmm. and then sometimes it could just be like friends like yep. I could just but <laughs> yeah yeah just general yep um the next set was neck ear and stomach these are all like passionate sensual places to kiss these are all delicate areas um and it can lead to things like biting or hickeys mm-hmm. make sure consent on hickeys please like this is a huge one especially because people have freaking jobs and lives like if you're doing things, especially, like, the neck and the ears, like, make sure that that person is okay having to cover it up or having it be present in the workplace in a professional setting, I think. Yeah, and some people just don't like it. I I think you should have a – I totally agree that you should have a conversation with your partner, um, but everyone's different and their skin is different, too. I'm very pale and I bruise very easily, Same. so I'm much more prone to get a hickey. My partner, on the other hand, I have to fucking hoover that shit. Yes. I'm even going to get an ounce of a hickey. Yeah. So, like, just open the conversation. Are you okay with it? Are you fine with showing it? Maybe I can put it in places that you can't see. Like, yeah, whatever you got to do. Yeah, hide. Biting yeah. the same thing. Not everyone likes that vampire shit and, like, biting your neck. No, so yeah. Just, yeah. These are, these are areas that you should probably talk to your partner before doing. Or, like, are you into this? Or, like, you can do it and be like hey is that okay like in the moment or hey i would like to do x is that okay yeah have the the dialogue about it because it is really person to person yes i wrote down that it may or may not be preferred so to discuss it with your partner 
Um, stomach kisses in particular are one of trust. It's a very vulnerable area. You don't normally see your stomach. And mm-hmm. so, like, you might be doing it while you're laying down or within foreplay. It's a very vulnerable spot. Mm-hmm. So, not again, not everyone's going to like that. Some people are, like, body shy, and they might have that as a sensitive area. And, like, kissing their stomach might feel really weird and uncomfortable for them. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Um, the next group is back, shoulders, and clavicle. Um, I added clavicle that was not on the list per se. I think it was, it it was, it was just collarbone. Yeah. But these are very intimate, sexy spots. These are usually used during sexuals. Um, So kissing your back, I always think of like if you're going from behind and Mm -hmm. they're kissing your back or going down your spine. Um, shoulders is usually, it's a little bit, can be like a little bit more sweet. Yeah, like, especially if you're like, you're sitting in the car together and like the person's obviously driving, so, but you want to kiss them, you can reach over, kiss their shoulder. Like, that's, it's yeah, like a little I more fi- of a, a light gesture. Yeah, I always find myself like, I'm at like a party with my, my significant other. I like, will lean over and I'll put my face on their shoulder and then I'm like, and I Hi. just kind of like kiss on it. I'm here. But it's not like anything like, gro- I'm not like, groping on them. Yeah. yeah. Um, clavicle is just that like really sensitive spot. It's that bone that sticks out on your chest. Um, it's just like some people really like that being kissed on. Um, and then the most notable one is French kissing. So this is making out. It's long kissing, typically including tongue. It's an entanglement of fun. <laughs> Commonly seen to deepen connection and intimacy. So, French kissing, I think, typically does include tongue. I don't know if there's a term for just, like, really open mouth, still long period kissing. Yeah. I think they kind of come under the same category, but when you say French in particular, a lot of people know it as with tongue. Yeah. I always make that assumption, at least. Okay, so now that we've gone over the types of kisses, I have a question. Okay. This is literally out of pure curiosity on my end because I started noticing this for myself and then I was like, I wonder what other people are. Are you a top, bottom, or switch kisser? And what I mean by that is do you engulf your your partner's lips? Are you mostly on the top and you're sucking in their lips? Or are you on the bottom and they're sucking your lips? Or do you switch back and forth? I'm definitely a switch. 100% 100% a switch. Like, sometimes I'll be on the top, sometimes I'll be on the bottom. Like, I, like, I'm not prone to, like, I don't, like, gravitate one towards the other because I think when I'm making out with you, I just want to be able to do whatever the fuck I need to do to, like, turn you on, so I'll switch. It, whatever you're, whatever my partner, I feel like, is more prone to do, I'll do the opposite if that's what they're comfortable doing. See, this is is where I started getting into styles of kissing because I find myself being more of a bottom kisser. I really, I'm a biter. Fair enough. I like to, like, lick across their bottom lip and then, like, I'll do some biting. And so, like, I really like to have their lips sucked into mine. I don't like having, like, my top lip engulfed. It feels fucking weird. It just feels weird. It just, I'm willing to, but, like, I will actually, like, take the dominant role <laughs> role and like switch how we're kissing <laughs> if i don't like it bitch, i'm gonna switch it up on you yeah i'm very i'm very switch like i don't give a shit i think i like i feel like i'm the one that probably initiates switching in my partners because i just like i like to change things up i i like to change things up in the bedroom anyhow and i think that just plays into that i do like to change there. things up but that's just one of those things that's like more of a comfortable factor mm. for me i would rather have 
your lip in my mouth and mine and yours like just sucking out uh, just nope um it was funny because they i took a quiz um I, we will link it again down in the show notes but i took a quiz on like what style of kisser i was and it asked some of those questions like are you willing to change up your kissing style or are you more likely to like teach somebody yours or like correct them and i was like no i definitely corrected them yeah <laughs> um so we are gonna get into kissing styles next so like i said there is a quiz um so what did you get in this quiz because i didn't take this quiz but what did you get i'm curious to see what yours is um this quiz is different than the actual like seven styles i found okay but this didn't list anywhere what the four styles were. Awful. Of like course. No, yeah. You'd think they'd be like, okay, it, like these are the other three styles with like a simple one-liner about the style. No. No. It's and only I, about what you get. I actually took two quizzes because I found a different one after that, which was like linked right at the bottom. So okay. I, I took a what type of kissing style are you of four okay. styles, and I got passionate. Um, passionate is when you kiss, you do it with gusto, but not too much gusto just enough you're sending a message that you're really into this person and your lips are doing all kinds of silent talking no one has complained about your technique nor should they because you're a perfect mix of sexy sultry and intense but i thought it was interesting it was a pretty long quiz but it asked a lot of great questions i actually got myself thinking on certain questions and i was like whoa i never even thought about that and then the quiz after that was linked at the bottom was like what type of kissing style do you attract and so you kind of get your kissing style and the ones that maybe would be good for you. So, That's cool. I like that. Yeah, so we'll link those in the show notes below. Um, but the seven that I found, I'm cackling over these names. Wait, I just saw the first name and I was like, oh, God, these are going to be good. The article is the seven kissing styles that you might encounter. Okay. And I fucking loved I can't all wait. of these names. It was such a sarcastic article, too. I couldn't not put That's it in. That's totally your vibe. Okay, so the first one is the dog. <laughs> this is the kisser that... Giving me golden retriever vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Anyway, the dog. This is where you, like, don't know if you're kissing a puppy or a dude or your partner. Um... This is like kisses with lots of slobber, excessive spit, and wetness. Please swallow, um, sir. Very reminiscent <laughs> of like a dog licking your face. You know, it's a lot of slobber. You maybe got it on the outside of your mouth. And this is coming from someone who has had really sloppy kisses. There's a difference between kind of like getting sloppy with your kissing and then like I feel like the dog. Yeah, you do need to swallow while you're kissing. You gotta remember to breathe, everybody. And swallow. <laughs> But if you can't breathe out your nose, just be like, hi, sorry, I need a minute. It's okay to, like, take a, a break and, like, stop the kissing so that you can swallow if you feel like you got a lot of spit. Yeah, As some, I, I, I don't know where it comes from, but I have, like, an, uh, I have an immediate amount of spit. Yeah, I could just, like, it comes right up, and I'm like, okay. We're ready. <laughs> I've got it. But, like, you got to remember to swallow that shit because no one wants to be drowned. Like, their tongue shouldn't be drowning in your spit. It's <laughs> like already disgusted just thinking about it. It's if you've ever seen yeah. the movie, it was um Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. It was it's a book series based off and then they had the movie and okay. it's really funny because there's a scene where she goes to like have this this kid that knows how to supposedly kiss and he teaches all the girls in school. It's like a middle school type of okay. movie from back in my childhood, but 
he was the slobbery kisser. He was oh, just like, like yeah. tongue, like I was just like super gross and Ugh. wet, and you can hear like the slicking noises, like. <laughs> I like those in one other place, not my mouth though. <laughs> so that is the dog. This next one gets it just sends me over. It's the cannibal. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> This is somebody who loves to suck um, or bite your lips, it, really like engulfing your entire mouth, um, like they're trying to devour you, hence the cannibalistic <laughs> name. Um, you might end up with, you know, bruised or numb lips. This is the person that like really loves to like bite down on your, your lip or like they think it's really sexy, like, but it's past hot. the point of like, It's yeah. past hot. It's past hot. Like but you are, I, you, this is painful. This is past hot. I think you can be a slight cannibal into which where it's like cute, like you bite. It's a little tease. Yes, but I think that's 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 different. That's not. You're not cannibal. You're not like. You're not trying to eat me. Like you're just trying to like, I'm a nibble here and there, and like if you nibble in the same spot. If we're easy bruisers here, I know I bruise super easy too. So like I've bruised before just from simple like they'll nibble in the same spot like over and over again and I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah, I, I think that this next one is really gonna catch me. Um, because I have some stories about this. Oh god, okay. This one is the vacuum cleaner, very similar to the cannibal, um, who likes to bite your lip. This is someone who really loves to suck your lips. And like your entire face, pretty much. Like, think Hoover. Um, passionately removing all of the air in your lungs. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the Remember, article, you need to breathe. The article <laughs> noted that people with this type of kissing style might put their hand on the back of your neck to try to like hold you in place to do some sucking. Like, like I said, succubus was what came to mind. Like, <laughs> And this is where it comes back to my story is because um, one of the, my kissing partners in the past would, like, suck in my entire lip, like, past the point of comfortable. Like, it wasn't just, like, a quick suck or, like, a little, like, nibble sucking. It was, like, no, my whole bottom lip was just, like, <laughs> like pulled out. And I was, Please like, can sir, I have it back, no. sir? Please, sir, no. Thanks, but no thank you. Okay, so the <laughs> next style of kissing, God. I haven't ever encountered this person. I'm not sure who's doing this, but it's the chatterbox. I can I I can get like this, but like I also know when to shut it the fuck down. Yeah, this person usually does this person doesn't. They're like talking while kissing. I wrote, does anyone actually even do this? Like who is <laughs> mid kissing? Like are they like kissing on their partner and they're just like Oh, do you like that coffee? Like, against somebody else's lips. Like, that's what I was picturing. Yeah. There's, like, a difference, I think, between, like, stopping kissing and, like, saying something and then going back, back to, to it. Back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hope. Uh, no. I don't... I'm not that way. It's definitely, like, a make out and then, like, pull away, say something. Make out and then pull away, say something. Make out and pull away, say something. And then, like, usually it's, like, three times and I'm done. Yeah. I like, think... I don't go much further. If I'm going further than that, I'm like, bitch, just shut the fuck up and enjoy it. I think if you find someone, like, if you find yourself talking during kissing, 
understand that there's probably a time and a place for it. Yeah. And, like, it's cute to have, like, little stuff, like, to pull away and say, like, oh, did you like that? Or something, like, if you're going to dirty talk or maybe, like, keep the vibe. But, like, kissing is very, like, deep. You're building that intimacy. And, like, you're trying to talk about taxes, like. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Go away. Yeah. I know sometimes when I'm talking too much, my spouse will definitely try to just make out with me to get me to shut the fuck up. But that's just because I, I, I can chatterbox. I can, I, but, like, I, I get to the point where I'm like, okay, time or place. Like, time or place. Like, right now, he's not interested. All he wants to do is make the fuck out. I'm like, okay. Time and place. I think that's why that trope exists. They're, like, mid-argument or, like, trying to talk, and then they just shut you fucking up with a kiss. <laughs> that's really hot They're sometimes. like, stop talking. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Anytime. All right. So, the next one is the pecking, the pecker style of kissing. This is like minimal lip action, um, very tight-lipped. The article said butthole, mouth, and I was I was literally dying. Which is like duck facer? Yeah. Like, it's okay. very tight-lipped. Um, these are like quick kisses. It's not a lot of intimacy, and it could be due to a lack of experience. So I think... I also thought with this one, not just lack of experience, but also like... If there had been trauma in the past, too, this might be something that someone does. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. I think this, I think most people encounter this style. Like, this one, if I was to say, like, out of these styles, which would everyone have? Yeah. This would be the style because we all start inexperienced. Inexperienced or, like, closed mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it doesn't go as far evolve. as a butthole. It doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't evolve past this. It would be that you're an actual, like, pecker style of kissing. Right. Which, if your partner's into that, that's totally fine. Like, right. little quick kisses. I, sometimes for fun, I'll just, like, I'll have, I'll, I'll, like, break a deep kiss, and then I'll just, like, kiss my partner on the cheek, and I just go... Yeah. Real quick, and it's just, like, that fun, like, lighthearted right. um, peck. Yeah. But, I don't, yeah, the butthole thing. <laughs> that's where I, that's what I'm stuck on, is the butthole thing. But it's, I think it's just the, the actual, because your lips wrinkle when you do that face. I get it. And but it, like, it looks like a butthole. But, like, when I go to peck you, my whole lip, like, my whole... Mm. But imagine keeping that. Like, they're talking about it's a very tight-lipped kiss. So you're just... I think that this usually stays very closed and tight-lipped. Yeah. Like, like I, I get, like, pecker, like, closed lip. But, like, when you say butthole closed lip, like, I think, like, mm, like... Early 2000s duck face. But that's, I think that is what the style is because you're not actually opening your mouth to become an open mouth yeah, kiss. It's all yeah. closed mouth. Yeah, So I it's guess. like a quick. And yeah, easy. you're not going to be like flat mouthed. I get it. I, yeah. I mean, I get it, but like also, like, I don't know, you say butthole and I immediately am like turned off. Also, can we just talk about the fact that like some people just start out totally tongue forward? Like, like. Like. My style of kissing, this is totally perf- like to me my my preference. I like to start off with I don't do pecs. I just start closed mouth, and it's that little bit of kissing, and then it turns to open mouth, mm-hmm. and then you add the tongue. Some people just open their mouth like tongue forward, and they're just like, "Ew!" Yeah. And I'm like, "Bro, yeah. back that shit back out." <laughs> beep beep beep. Reverse. Reverse. The fuck you think you're doing with that tongue? No, this is a game. We're playing tension. We're we're not playing. Let's go forward. You're not like. <laughs> you're not sending it fucking right over. It, red Rover, Red Rover, send your tongue right over. <laughs> this is not Red Rover. 
We're we're not. We're playing the little the fun sexual tension game where we do the open, the closed mouth kisses, and then the open, and then it's an invitation, and then you like flick your tongue at me, and then that's the invitation for my tongue to come out. We don't go tongue forward. What is that shit? I can't. I can't. I'm dead. I also just changed the lights in the closet to red from yellow. So red, 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 red. I can't. I can't. Have you experienced any? Yes. Do you like it? No, I don't. I will literally break a kiss when that happens, and I'm like, "You can we take a step? We, you going really forward here?" Yeah, I uh, no, don't like it. Don't turn it your me. tongue should not be the first thing that I encounter. I don't want to kiss your tongue. That has happened. <laughs> I'm expecting like a slight open mouth kiss, and they're like, "Tongue." <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there's two more kissing styles. Um, this one I'm very guilty of. This yes. is the moaner. Mm-hmm. So this kissing style is an audible kisser. There's lots of noises, moans, etc. I am very guilty, but I think that this can be used in a good way. I can tell you like what you're in. I feel like when people are moaning, that's like a, a good recognition that like you're enjoying yourselves. Yes, but the article brought up like PDA. And how it can be kind of awkward when you have this style because you're just like in the oh. middle of public being like, mm-hmm, oh, <laughs> you're making all of these noises. I <laughs> think <laughs> Jocelyn is flustered. Um, but like the, I would say that my style integrates moaning, but it's in like a more intimate setting for myself yeah. personally. And think about the vibration that the sound, you guys have your lips connected. Mm-hmm. And so when you moan, there's a vibration underneath that, and mm-hmm. that can cause a sensation for your partner or elicit, like, that reaction. And so you can use it, you're moaning against somebody else's lips, especially even if you're in the act, like you guys be doing it down and dirty, and you moan into his mouth. Beautiful. You're done. Uh, you He's also, done for. He's you, done for. You can also moan Finish it. him. <laughs> <laughs> a little Mortal Kombat for y'all. <laughs> You can also moan into other areas. Ooh, yes. Our lady friends, we really like that one. Yeah. And you can do it at the base for your guys. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. You can even do it on the nips. Again, people this can be like male, a conversation. I think people with male partners tend to shy away from touching the nipples. Like, it won't have a sensation. But some guys really enjoy, enjoy it. Yeah. So, if you haven't. Try it. Talk to your partner. Yeah. All right. So, the final one which I think at some point you all encounter, is the one. Mm -hmm. This is the style of kisser that aligns completely with your style of kissing. Absolutely. Uh, It will look different for everybody, but it's just something that, like, you guys have that fireworks. Like, everything just flows. You guys are in the same vibe. Maybe you get the things that you like, like the biting, the sucking, the little bit of tongue. And this can come, too, after being with your partner for so long, too. Like, this could be that one kiss is, like, once you finally have, like, really learned what each other likes in the bedroom, dislikes, like, that sort of stuff. And comfortability about doing certain things and, like, that trust. Like, all of that can come eventually as that builds. The one kiss can be can be that. Yeah, and I think once you find that style... And with someone that you match with, you'll know a little bit more. Like, you're like, wow, I didn't realize I had a style that I liked, but, like, you're a this great kisser. This is the kisser. one. Yeah. You're, like, on cloud nine when you guys are kissing. Yep. Um, so, 
Are there any others, or is that all of them? That is all of them. Okay. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of other styles. Oh, if I'm you guys sure. know of any other styles of kissing, feel free to comment <laughs> or, or DM us on Insta. Um, but I will just put a little ending note on this section, which is that you gain experience by trying different things. Don't be afraid to try it, even if it's a fail. Um, everyone's preferences are varied, so talk to your kissing partner. You know, I think an open dialogue, as always, is a great way to go. Um, but trying something and finding out that either your partner doesn't like it or you don't like it is okay. You, you, sometimes I just try random things and I find out that my partner really enjoys that. Yeah. And that's like the best things. Yeah. And then you sometimes kind of switching it up it. too is like the thing that they like. You find out like, oh, you like when I do this and this, like instead of doing the same thing you always do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would like to open the floor to you. Are you comfortable talking about your kissing style? Me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought I already did, but I, I don't know, I, what do you want me to say about it? Like, being a moaner, like, I don't, describe? like. describe? Like, what do you like in your kisses? I think it has to start soft and then get more intense from there. Like, it, you gotta start me slow. I am not, like, you can't just jump in with your, like, getting in there, tongue down your throat and moaning at me. I'm gonna be like. I am not ready. I'm not ready. You are on step seven, and I am zero. You went zero to 100 real quick, and I'm not there yet. Like, you have to start me slow and, like, build me up. Like, that's where that sensual, like, in my erotic blueprint, I was like, yeah, sensual is definitely why. Like, I need a really slow build up. I need the foreplay way outside the bedroom from hours ago, the sexual tension, like, I need those sort of things. And, like, that can be as simple as making out with me in the car before we go grocery shopping. And then, like, we come home and, like, you know, we put groceries away, make dinner, and then, you know, we're dirty talking at dinner. And, like, then slowly build me up from there. And, like, that starts with slow kissing. So do you like biting, sucking, or, like, what type of tongue action? I feel like that's where, like, things can start to get different. Yeah, I, I don't mind tongue action, but I don't want it, like... I don't want to make out with you with my tongue in my in each other's mouths for like twenty minutes. Like, I, I'm more like a mix of light kissing and like open mouth kissing with a little bit of tongue. I don't want to be tongue down your throat playing tonsil hockey for fucking twenty minutes. Like, it's not my thing. My tongue gets sore, and like I already I got dick sucking to do. Like, I want to save it for that. Genuinely, like, I that's just how I am. I, I don't like want to waste my time with that. If your mouth is open for so long, like, how are you not just a running spit puddle? <laughs> I can swallow with my mouth open. I know, but your tongue is outside it. Like, say your tongue is in somebody else's mouth. Yeah. I don't know. I don't... I, I don't it's not a problem. Maybe it's a personal problem. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem just, like... I don't know. I it, I can swallow, too, when my mouth's open. But, like, at the same time, if your tongue is, is like, engulfed in the other person's or they, like, got it wrapped around, like, it's hard to swallow. Yeah, but I'll just pull my tongue back. I don't give a fuck. That's what I'm saying. I, I, it's not personal. When people talk about French kissing like, or, like, tonsil hockey, you're like, it's an elongated, like, 20-minute French kiss with tongue. And I'm like, who's kissing their tongues for 10 minutes? Like, 20 minutes. Like, do you not get tired of going in the same fucking circles? Uh, is it even circles? That's like, that's not... I, I feel like, like I, I... Sometimes I do like to play with tongue, though. Like, where I'll, like, stick my tongue up here and see if you'll dodge at it. Or if you're, like, trying to just, like, jet back to the back of my throat. Like, I will play with you. Like, I'm not playing. Like, I will play with you while we make out. But, like, it's in a way of, like, chase me. 
Like, where am I going? I don't want to just sit just there like and go dod- like that. Dod- yeah, I dodge around. Oh, that's interesting. So, like, it's like a chase. But, like, I don't want to just sit there and, like, tongues are just... <laughs> Why is that actually the noise? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, like, I just want to dodge. And, like, I, it's like a game of chase, like, almost, in oh, a sense. see, that's interesting. That's different than, The like... more I talk it out, the more I'm like, I don't know. Like, what is my kissing song? <laughs> but that's why I think we're having this conversation because, like... Who actually is sitting there talking, being like, do you like, like, the long circles, like, or do you like the flicks of the tongue? You're talking about dodging. I never even yeah. thought about, like, dodging over here. Like, I'm touch teeth. Like. Yeah, like, I'm, like, trying to, like, I'm trying to have fun with it and trying to get you in my mouth as much as I'm going for yours. I think that's where it's different. Like, my, my kissing style, I think, is, again, the soft opening, like we talked about, and mm-hmm. then the deeper kisses. But, like, I find my partner like taking my tongue like i'm in their mouth you're in their mouth okay yeah i make my partner come to me and that's what like in, in any of my relationships i'm always, I I'm always the one like trying to get you to come into my mouth so that's why i do the dodging yeah but it's weird because sometimes like have you have you ever had somebody suck your tongue yeah it's fucking strange I'm, I don't know if I'm a fan. I don't I know if I'm don't, a fan. I don't like it because it reminds me of going to the dentist and having that sucky thing where they suck all the stuff, and that already makes me vomit. That already makes me gag. Like it is like that. That's why it freaks me out. That used to give me anxiety as a child, like to the point that like they would suck, and I'd go, eh. like I would gag really bad. And then eventually, like my dentist, which is really awkward. Here's a little fun side story. My dentist is my aunt, so. She said as, oh, don't worry, honey, that'll get better with age. And I, you know, I'm fucking 12 years old sitting in a chair like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm fucking gagging every time you stick this sucky thing in my throat. Well, it got better with age. I came back after I was like fucking 20 something. And she's like, (laughs) and I was like, what? She's like, this thing doesn't bother you so much anymore. And I was like, oh my God, it's because I started sucking fucking dick and she knew it was coming. (laughs) I was like, my aunt knows I'm sucking dick. I was like, this is awful. Awful. I was like, so, so embarrassing. Like I made the connection and like, she just giggled. And I I was like, (laughs) oh my God, what? Cringe. And I had the immediate flashback to when she would tell me as a child, like, don't worry, it'll get better with age. Yeah, because you're going to suck some fucking dick. That's why it gets better with age. But yeah, yeah. So there's my side story about my dentist and sucking dick. What a dick, great but... story! <laughs> I am not. I don't think I'm a fan of honestly the tongue sucking. No. that comes under the vacuum cleaner style, mm. and I am not personally a fan. I'm kind of surprised that in the vacuum cleaner it wasn't like I get the removing air from your lungs, but it didn't. It didn't talk about the tongue, and I really kind of thought that it, that would be where like. I'm assuming you're all-encompassing sucking, so that's, like, your lips, your overall You're air, trying to, like, tongue. take my teeth out of my mouth? <laughs> like, okay. Weird. I'm gonna give you fucking denture! <laughs> Don't worry, baby, my health plan will cover that! I'm gonna suck the shit out of your lips. <laughs> Don't worry, man, we can get you lip injections. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Oh, my God, I'm dead. I can't. But this like, I think that that, I like the back and forth. Like, your tongue, my tongue, yeah. we're in each other's mouths, the invitation. I do love the tongue flick. The tongue flick is where yeah. it's at. For me, I am i don't mind the circles, but the circles gets a little, like... It gets boring. That's all. That's my problem. Yeah, I don't, I, the darting technique is interesting. Now I might be trying that on my next one. <laughs> <laughs> Try it. It might work for you. I like darting just because, like, I'm also a fan of, like, 
we talked about in the last episode that more like traditional flirting style i'm more about the chase like i will play that shy girl until you get me in the bedroom and then i'm like <laughs> that's what you thought bitch like i'm more of that like i like that chase like i like someone to chase me so like this is like that's also where i think it comes from i'm gonna dart around i don't want you to chase me i probably also back to primal kink wow lots of things coming to light <laughs> That's far too funny. <laughs> oh my god. I think we're a little inside in our own kissing styles here. Yep. Yep. All right. We're going to move into first times, but we're going to take a short break because I have to use the bathroom and it is getting steamy hot in this fucking closet. Ow. So. We talk about the spicy things. It's getting hot in the closet. Yep. I mean, real time. Real talk. It's just summer. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be right back. All right. And we're back with. First time. Alright, so before we get into our experiences, we just wanted to talk about actual first times, getting prepared, knowing when you're ready, that type mm-hmm. of thing, in case anyone is not looking, ready. Not ready or looking for this information. Yeah. So beforehand and being ready is what we're gonna go over. The first one I said is understanding the act. This goes right to like understanding what you're doing what your body is doing the anatomy of the actual sexual acts you know kissing foreplay oral um actual physical sex anal vaginal whatever it is understanding what your body is doing during that time the body parts that go in how your i think you should look at the other person's anatomy like if you're attracted to men and you're a female, you should look at the male anatomy and understanding how that works and vice versa. Um, if, you know, you're into women, look for women. Because knowing where their pleasure centers are is only going to give you better sex. Yes. And safe. Practicing safe sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing to know is that porn isn't reality. Oh my god, it's so not reality! Yes. Unfortunately, I did learn a lot of stuff from porn. Yeah, like, I think you can get the idea to try different things or to try new things with your partner. I, or, you know, you may find you have a new kink or a new fetish, but that's not always the case with sex. Like, it's not always going to look like that. Those are performers. Well, here's the thing. The... This, this topic in particular is kind of like close to my heart because I understand that we don't want to have people, especially young people, having sex very early. Like, we talk about teenagers, preteens, that type of thing. I get that. But if we're not preparing our, our children at some point to know about sex and what that looks like and what healthy sex looks like, you're not going to know what isn't reality or what's toxic sex. Yes. And so... Especially in my experience, I only had porn to look at. That's what, like we had a small discussion. I knew the anatomy aspect, and I learned yeah. some things from books that I was given. But like, I never saw what sex actually looks like until my friends started describing it because they were having sex. And and then when I actually saw porn, but porn isn't reality. It's not right. very fast. It's not a lot of deep. It's not lasting an eternity. Like. There's a lot of things you don't see. You're, you're totally correct in the fact that they are performers. Um, but there's also, they have behind the scenes where they're not always hard. They're not always going for long periods of time. There's a lot of aftercare and comfortability between the actors. Mm-hmm. But 
that's not always what porn look like. Sex doesn't always look like porn. No. You're not in these crazy positions, not doing all, like, thousands of toys, big dicks, like. No. It's so, un- I think, and it makes this unrealistic expectation of what sex should be when you first start out. And I think that's a problem. And I think it can sometimes come off as transactional. Yes. And absolutely, that shouldn't be what sex feels like. Um, so understanding the act is the first step. I think the second step is knowing when you're ready. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be more of like an asking yourself or maybe even a journal prompt. What type of experience do you want to have? Do you want to have a more romantic one, a really sexy one? Do you need a deeper connection before you feel comfortable having sex? Is it you don't really need that type of connection? You to just want to you just want to get it over and done with and just get it done. Some yeah. people are that way. Yeah, and then like asking yourself like why do you want this? You know, why do you want to mm-hmm. engage in sex? What's motivating you? I think this I'm horny is not an answer. I'm going to say, hormones, like, hormones can get you really running rampant, and it's really easy to succumb to the feelings of desire. It's, your body's having these reactions, and it's really good feeling. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, it's hard to differentiate the fact, like, oh, you know, this is just my hormones, and I'm really feeling all these things, and it might just be that, versus, like, oh, I am looking for that deeper connection. I want to be in love with somebody before I have sex with them. Yeah. And, like, that's why, that's what's motivating me. So just taking a look at that, those types of questions and, like, what's actually motivating you? Why do you want this? What type of experience do you want to have? That's why they have a, a thing called post-nut clarity because, you know, and that's not just for women. That's not just for men. Where are we going? <laughs> just saying, like, that's, like, really think about what you're doing before you do it because you can do it and then have that clarity after the fact and be like, oh, shit, this wasn't what I wanted. I wanted a deeper connection. I wanted this to be super romantic, and I didn't allow for that space because I just wanted to get it over and done with. Yeah. That's where I was going with that, not in any other way. In my personal experience, I did wait because I I did feel like I wanted that emotional connection to feel like that deeper intimacy with somebody, and I didn't want to just try it out just because I think I was gonna like it yeah and so I really had to like think about that and that was what eventually led me to wait until I felt that connection with somebody right third step getting tested hundred percent you should definitely get tested before you have sex and I would recommend after um even porn stars get tested, like, every, like, three to six months, I think it is. Yeah. So that they know they're not getting any STIs, infections, anything like that. You just get the okay from your doctor. That way you know how you're rolling into. Maybe you you maybe you maybe get tested and you find out that you have herpes. And so you can now communicate that to your partner. Maybe now you have to know what you're going through. Like, get, getting tested is, like, for your own knowledge and for your partner. Mm-hmm. And I think that I recommend both of you getting tested. That way you guys both know where you stand. Absolutely. Even if it's been a really long time since the last time you had sex, get tested. Before every new partner, I was making sure I was getting tested. I, I was a great tip. I was super safe about that because I just, like, I didn't. I didn't want to be the person that gave something to somebody else. And the minute anyone was like, hey, by the way, I have, you know, an STI, I'd be like, okay, yep, call the doctor. Yep, come on in. We'll get you tested. All right, yep, here's a, here's a prescription. I'll take care of it, yada, yada, yada. Things like that. Yeah, and I don't think anyone wants to have, like, this really deep romantic experience. They have sex, and then they find out that they got chlamydia or something. Right, so that's why. And, and I know that it's so 
awkward and daunting to bring up that conversation of STIs and things like that, but do it for yourself. It's not about anyone else. It's not about how they judge you. And if they judge you, then maybe that's not the person you want to be having sex with in the first place. Ooh, straight facts. Yeah. And I know that that's really hard because you've built up this person in your head and you've built up this relationship to be something and then to have to walk away from it. I know how hard that is. Like, but it's also safe sex. Mm-hmm. It's a part of safe sex. It's not just condoms. It's part of sex. Yeah. It's a part of sex. And like, if someone isn't willing to have that, adult conversation then they are not prepared to be having sex with you if that is your boundary and I think you need to discover what your boundary is around that yeah I think a great tip that I can give would be to bring it up first you know you can go ahead I think it's also kind of daunting to sometimes talk to your doctor but remember that your doctor is there to support you and your health so and if they're not find a new one exactly but you can go and get tested for yourself and say hey I got tested I'm you know clean of all I'm I have a clean bill of health no STIs what about you? And you have and to you remember start that dialogue. Absolutely. And you have to remember with your doctors too, if you're going to ask for SDI testing, you have to ask for a full panel. They will not just automatically test you for things like HIV, uh, herpes, or anything like that. You have to ask for those tests. If you do a standard STI, that's usually for chlamydia, gonorrhea, and something else. There's a third one now. Um, but they won't test you for things like I think syphilis is one that they test for if you do a full panel mm. um, so like that's there's syphilis there's HIV there's herpes and there's like two others I believe that they test you for so you have to make sure that you stress that you want a full panel and doctors will try to talk you out of it I promise you I've had doctors talk me out of it for what reason oh you don't need it it's not necessary like unless you've really like you really think and I was like well, I really like to get a full panel done. Like, I was sleeping with this person and found out that they were cheating on me. Like, yes, I want a full panel, like syphilis, all of it. Because, like, I don't know what this person was doing. And my doctor was like, I really don't think it's a big deal. And, like, totally talked me out of it. Wow. Yeah. So I have not seen that doctor since because oh, I don't feel comfortable. That sounds like a good move. Um, But, yes, they will try to talk you out of it because it's going to cost a lot of money. But your, your health comes first, and that includes making sure you're tested for things like herpes, syphilis, and things like that. Because those are also autoimmune diseases. Like, they will severely – they will seriously impact your health. So make sure that you're talking to your doctors and that you stress that this is important to you and – if that's not a doctor and I know how hard this is but you have to just be like I want the test and that's that's the rule like I want the test and that's it you advocate for yourself because I didn't and that was a problem wow I have never I have not come across someone saying that that was their experience that's wild to think that your doctor would try to talk you out of a test that you're worried about it's expensive and of course they're always going to say that because it is expen- it isn't expensive. It's more expensive than just your standard testing and some they will they may tell you, Oh, some insurances don't cover it. So I may say to anyone, make sure your insurance covers something like that. Um, and also, you know, be careful with your doctors. They'll they could be sketchy and charge you for things that you're not actually getting tested for. Um, so just all around do things such as check your bill, check your insurance, what does it cover, what does it not cover. And if your doctor is really adamant about not doing your full panel, you can say, if you won't do it, I, fi- I will find someone that will. And Planned Parenthood is one of those places that will. I, was I went to Planned Parenthood. Up. I was just going to bring that up. I went to Planned Parenthood and I was like, I want a full panel. They said, okay, we have to take blood. I said, I don't care. That's fine. I want a full panel. Okay, well, it's going to cost you $400 today. That's fine. I don't care. I want a full panel. Yeah, did I have to put it on my credit card? Absolutely. Did it suck? Yes. But did I know that I was safe? Yes. 
Yeah, I feel like the worrying about it is the worst part. It's way too much stress. I would rather, like, I got talked out of it, and then, like, a week later, I was sitting there still thinking about it, and I was like, this is not okay. Like, I should not have been talked out of that. I wanted it for my own, like, mental sanity, and I'm still stressing about it, and I just walked into Planned Parenthood. No appointment, no nothing. They took me. They did the full swab. They took my blood and everything. So. Go Planned Parenthood. Yeah. All right, so... Now, you've understood why you're wanting to have sex. Um, you've gotten tested. Talk with your partner. This one, I think, is just straightforward. Having the conversation we talk about. Open doors. Lots of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Talk to your partner. Get get over your nerves. Talk about what you're worried about. What what you think is going to happen. Maybe you think it's going to hurt a lot. You know, Talking with your partner is just going to make the experience easier because mm-hmm. you're getting that comfortable factor mm-hmm. in between the two of you you're building that safe space and that trust you're supposed to have when you have sex yes and talking with your partner if they start bucking things that it's like you don't or like bringing up things they want to try that you're not okay with you can discuss it then instead of while you're trying to in the middle of foreplay and you're like whoa whoa i'm not doing that what do you mean like and I are you slipping into my ass what the fuck yeah so, in a few weeks, Alyssa and I will be doing an episode that's will, want, and won't. And it just goes over, basically, like, what you will, what you, what you will do, what you want to do, and what you won't do. Um, and we'll dive more into that. But this is a perfect place to insert that because I think you need to know for yourself all of those things. And what do you want out of the experience? Like, what don't you want? And what are you willing to do? Yes, Absolutely. Um, alongside of that, once you are ready and you're getting ready to do the act, use PrEP and protection. Um, PrEP, I mean by using lube or oils. Um, you know, there are all different types of oils and lubes, water-based, silicone-based. Do your research. Um, some people have, like, latex allergies mm-hmm. and that type of thing. So just... Some people are allergic to silico- certain silicones, so yeah. they can't use silicone. Just like, like they always recommend doing, like, a patch test. I always say, like, try out the lube before you just, like, start throwing it down on everything. Because mm-hmm. you'll know, and you don't want any burning fucking vagina. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And if I can give tips, be careful with the hot and cold condoms. Uh, oh, oh no. No, no menthol up there. Yeah, so just be careful. Like, it is coated on both sides. You will both be feeling hot and cold. Um, I've never tried it. I've just had someone tell me their experience, and they were like, it was really strange. Because it was like, they'd pull out, and I was instantly flooded with coldness. Cold and then they'd come back in, and it was like, hot, like, burning and I was like that doesn't feel like that's right I would be like nothing should be burning nothing should be burning yeah take that thing off no yeah so just definitely be careful when you're doing things like that like this might sound weird but I would prefer you to stick a like a finger in a condom and see if you like it first before you go putting it like all up in your bits yeah that's what I said pat 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 testing is a really good thing because you'll pick out if you have an allergy or if you just don't like it, mm-hmm. I would stay away from the hot, cold, anything. Like, if you're going to buy, like, we just talk about protection now. If you're going to buy, like, condoms, dental dams, um, I would go with the very unscented, not even Everything. not even ribbed if you don't really, like, yeah. just try the very basic, like, get that protection. And then you can play around once you're feeling a little bit more comfortable. Absolutely. And honestly, I definitely recommend water-based lubes more than anything else. You may have to use Agreed. more, but 
um, for anyone with a vagina, it will not affect your pH as much as something that is a silicone base or an oil based lube. Water base is much more vagina friendly. <laughs> yeah, I have used both. Um, Me too. I do like silicone for certain things because I do find it lasts a little bit longer, mm-hmm. um, especially with like toys. If you start yeah. introducing that realm, sometimes silicone is a little bit easier. Absolutely. But I agree with the water base. Water base is a very safe option, it yeah. balances with your pH. Um, and, and go it, with brands that are popular um, is something I can say. I'm going to say pass on Trojan. Um, I Durex, I, I think like, it's one-to-one or something like that. It's yeah. another brand. Um, I like the, the Astroglide one is good. Um, they've been around for a really long time with tons of positive reviews and positive experiences, especially the water-based one. That, yeah. is, that is a personal, like... If I have to pick one up at a CVS, I will use that one. But I like the one that actually comes from Love Wellness. I was just going to say that. (laughs) That's my favorite. It is a water-based lube, but it is not going to affect your pH. I feel like it does last a lot longer than some of the other water-based lubes that I've tried. There's another one that I've tried that I really like that you can get from an Adam and Eve, a sex shop, anything like that. It's pretty popular. It comes in like a clear can, a clear bottle, and it's got like a white top on it. And I think it's just called The One. I used it a really oh, long time ago, like a I, really yeah. long time ago. I know that brand. Okay. Yeah, I really like that one, too. Again, I think that's a water-based one. Yeah, I think that one that's, like, notable is, like, KY. Mm-hmm. Um, those are pretty decent if you want to try, but, like... Again, I, KY, I'm always skeptical out about because sometimes they add, like, certain things in there to make them, you know more him and her pleasures so they're like supposed to be like once it's supposed to be a little more heated and things like that so just really read the boxes that's all i'm going to say i was gonna say i know it can be uncomfortable to like walk in and buy protection but just it's a part of safe sex you want to protect yourself and anyone who's willing to make a joke about you buying like condoms is an immature piece of shit Mm mm-hmm Yep. Because we should all be able to practice safe sex. Yeah, I can tell. Without feeling judgment. So, we talked about condoms. Um, dental dams, I think, are less um, frequently talked about. Yeah, because... But I would recommend knowing all of your options before you decide to go have sex. Absolutely. Um, but dental dams go inside of the vaginal canal. Yes. And uh, protect that way. So, you are... It just, like, guys can put on a condom, you can put in a dental dam. Yep. So, alongside condoms, <laughs> dental dams, uh, another forms of protection are things like birth control, um, whether that's pill form, the depo shot, um, implants, yeah. IUDs, those types of things. Just talk to your doctor. You guys can discuss all of that. What's your best options? Um, what are the rates? Like, if it's 99% effective mm-hmm. or if it's less effective. How I, often you need to replace it. Yeah, like the Nuva Ring, for example, has to be changed. I think it's like once a month month. yeah it's it comes out before your period and then it goes back in after right okay i was like i thought so but i wasn't sure all right so the last step is aftercare which is really huge and i feel like a lot of people dismiss aftercare too much yes aftercare is very important because you've gone and done this vulnerable act it's very intimate and you need to take preventative care after, before, just like you did before and during, after counts as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, especially for the ladies, I think this goes for men as well, but you need to pee 
both before and after sex. Um, yes. The pH of semen is different than... It's like a 7.2. Yes. The vagina, if you didn't know, is more is an acidic pH. And that is at a, like, 3.8 to 4.5. So yes. it's very acidic. That's a big jump yes. to go to, like, 7 point some, or 8 um, pH. So yeah. When you pee, you're kind of expelling that semen out, and it's so you're less likely to get things like yeast infections, um, any, like, irritation. And UTIs is a big one. That's why, like, peeing is important because with all of the rubbing and things like that, anything can get up into your um, urinary tract, so peeing is really important to not get any UTIs. A part of aftercare is also to talk with your partner. You know, you guys want to discuss, like, what, what was good for you, what was not so good, maybe something was painful, or you didn't, it didn't work in the, the right way that you were yeah. looking for. Having that, like, honest discussion is very big because it's going to change your next experience. Absolutely, and it, it may make it better, you know, or it may just make it the fact that you don't do that again because it wasn't something that you enjoyed even though you gave it a try. Mm-hmm. Um, another is to understand that you may experience pain, and I think this can go for when you are after you losing your virginity and also just on a regular basis. Yep. If you're trying and implementing new things into the bedroom, you may experience things like stiff walking, um, hurt genitals, or even like a little bit of bleeding, mm -hmm. um, especially on the women's behalf, because if you're really going like hard or deep, it can rip the tissue mm -hmm. of the hymen, especially the first time. Um, so understanding that that is something that could happen during sex. Um, I think as well, we need to talk about injury that mm. can happen, especially like men. Um, when a man is erect and hard, if you miss or if you kind of come down it, on the wrong way you can injure the penis mm -hmm. so there are risks and as well as they can become sore as after as mm -hmm. well when there can like be a lot raw. of sensitivity yep. raw um the balls like swelling mm -hmm. so understand that those can happen and it is normal absolutely um but if you are at a point where you're having too much pain or pa sex is painful for you talk to your doctor 100 percent, because it should not be no even the first time like we're gonna talk about our experiences next but the first time was not painful for me mm -mm. but some people have a huge hurtful experience the first time especially when the hymen is breaking mm -hmm. so just Talk to your doctor when you're feeling like you have a lot of pain around sex. Mm -hmm. um, I think we need to talk about the emotional side of aftercare. There's not just the Ooh, physical yes. things. I was going to let you take this next one because this was your point. I asked Jocelyn if there was any other aftercare tips that I might have missed. Yeah. I think the emotional side of aftercare is something that is extremely important. Things like validation, discussing what worked and what didn't work, and physical contact after that intimate act without more intimacy <laughs> just the simple intimate act of laying in bed cuddling holding each other you know after everything's all cleaned up you've both peed and come back to bed I think it's really important to have that emotional connection as well as taking care of yourself physically yes I have heard people brush off like cuddling like oh they're so clingy after sex but cuddling really gives that validation and security around what you just what just happened like 
think about if you you know, lost your virginity for the first time and you had this like really intimate vulnerable act you were open and vulnerable with somebody and then as soon as they're you guys were done that they just like got up and left like, yeah there's some uh, feelings that can arise if that Absolutely. happens so even if you're not necessarily cuddling i think cuddling's a great way because it's physical touch it's that like reassurance but, but also talking, somebody may be hot too like i know after sex sometimes like both, steamy. both parties are like oh my god but at least just laying there and you don't even have to really like be on top of each other and cuddling or in that way just but being next to each other and talking and validating that your experience was good or that it wasn't good and being able to talk about ways to change that is extremely important yeah and you can use small like if you don't if you are feeling hot like justin was saying you could always just do like a hand brush hold hands a kiss on the shoulder the the forehead let's talk about the really Mm -hmm. sweet affection yeah Um, toe touching like feet touching just like any you sleep in a hot room with somebody spread eagle and just like one foot touching yeah yeah the one leg over each other that's really common just to cool off but still have that physical connection because i I know for myself that's important after sex. I don't, I don't just get up and just, like, skedaddle out the door. Like, your, I can't. It's your emotional well-being. Absolutely. Because um, it is. It's a very vulnerable act. Even if you don't feel like it's, like, you need that deep connection to have sex, it's, it is vulnerable. You're Absolutely. opening yourself and your body up to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so just understanding that that is, and it comes with emotional feelings. Absolutely. Um, I think crying is the only other thing that I just thought of. Um it is okay and perfectly normal to cry during sex, um, especially my own experience. It can Same. be very stimulating, and if they're hitting, you know, that button over and over, it can elicit it those types of feelings. I've been in the middle of sex and just had that overwhelming feeling, and then my tears just start flowing. Mm-hmm. And I was the first time I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sad." I was like, "Oh, I don't even know what to do with this." Um, I'm fine. I'm not sad. It just was really good. It's really good, and it's they, they may look at you a little bit weird and be like, "Oh, uh, okay," but it's not a bad thing. It just it just means that your body was so overstimulated it didn't know what else to do with itself. Yeah, and knowing how to come back after that something like that happens because you are gonna have the little hiccups. You bump heads. Yeah. You fall off the bed. Um, it's gonna happen. It, just laugh. Laugh about it. You have to laugh about those you things. You can laugh during sex. Everybody. Yeah, it's not weird. It's not. Mm-mm. If anything, I feel like it lightens the mood. It does, like funny. when you fall off the bed or when you do bump heads or you squish somebody as you roll, you're rolling over together. You're like really on somebody's arm. You're like, oh, like, you know, it just, it makes things light. <laughs> Sorry, I just got the lights caught in my hair. It makes things light and it makes things a little more enjoyable. That's okay. it. Yeah. That's, that's end good. all be all. It just makes things more enjoyable. Yeah. And I will say um, about the emotional aftercare if you are someone that just, you know, I think I align with this myself. Because sometimes after sex, I do want to just, like, get up. And it is okay to do so, but you need to connect with your partner and make sure that they are feeling secure and validated and comfortable with you leaving before you get up. Yes. Whatever that entails. Yes. And I can understand having a quickie before, like, you know, you got to run out the door to go do something check in with your partner but still check in like while you're getting dressed like hey are you okay like do you need to like do you need five minutes like i know we really need to go but like we can Have take five like yeah we can hug we can make out a little bit like we can you know 
you know, intimately be in the car holding hands, like make sure you have that connection with your partner. Again, it's that open discussion of just really communicating, having those deeper, harder, awkwarder conversations. It's true. Awkwarder. Awkwarder. All right. So speaking of awkward, let's talk about our experience for first time. All right. Do you want to go first? I can go first. Uh, my first time was in a basement of a boyfriend I was seeing in high school with his parents and a full party going on upstairs. Yeah. Public. Kind of. Yeah. Like, there was, there was two doors to the basement, so, like, we at least had some, like... Okay, if we hear the first one, we know, like, we don't have, we don't have a lot of Put time. your clothes on! Like, li- like I mean, if we were doing this shit, like, I was wearing a dress. I mean, like, we were, I was set. Like, you know when you're just like, okay, how do we make this as easy as possible? On the couch, doggy style, with a dress. Simple, easy. I didn't find it painful at all, but there was also a lot of foreplay included. Which made it so it wasn't painful. How did you feel about your partner? Like, did they meet your needs? Did you... We had been together for a little while before we had sex. So I think it was one of those things, too. Like, it was deeper. It was a deeper level than just, like, man, we're just going to have sex and that's it. So we were, like, we had had the relationship on top of the sex. So it was more intimate, at least for me. And what was your question? I forgot. How was your partner, and oh. what was your experience with the, what they did? Like, how did they make you feel during that? I I wish I could remember it better, but I just, like, I don't remember having any doubts. I don't remember being in any pain. I don't remember having any qualms about the way things were going. Like, I think there was a lot of communication of, like, hey, is that okay? Does that feel good? Does that hurt? I We used the condom. I do remember that because we were young. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Yep, that works. I know that I didn't come the first time, but, like... That can be normal. You're not, yeah. You might not orgasm. Yeah. So, and I just was like, oh, okay, so that's sex. <laughs> and so I did. I had that initial thought, like, oh, okay, that's sex. But then it was, like, the more experience I got, the more I realized, like, oh, no. I'm supposed to have that same reaction. And at this point, I had never watched porn. Oh. I was not a porn watcher. I was so awkward watching porn when I was younger. Okay. I've only fell into porn probably once I hit college. So what kind of education did you did you have around sex? Did you know anything walking in, or did you just kind of, like, from friends? I think I just more or less knew from friends and then just sex ed, which is terrible because, like, that's not a whole lot of knowledge. Oh, because I sex ed goes over, like, nothing. I STD. think my mom and I probably had conversations. Like, my mom and I have a pretty open relationship as it is about, like, what we talk about and things, so... I feel like we, you know, had the discussion of, okay, this is what's going to happen. Like, when you have sex, it may be painful. Like, I feel like I remember that conversation, and I think that just made it that much easier for me because I knew what to expect. Did you have any aftercare the first time? Or was that something where maybe you didn't know so much about? I did definitely didn't know so much about. So, like, you know, I didn't know about the whole bathroom deal. I didn't know about any of that sort of stuff whatsoever. You guys just go up to back to the party? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what happened is, like, we got done, literally, like, done, and then his younger siblings, like, came downstairs to, like, play, and we were just, like, laying on the couch, and I was like, um, my panties are soaking wet, and, like, 
this is awkward. This is really awkward. And I was like, okay, well, it is what it is. I'm just going to, we're just going to, like, TV was on, like, all this sort of stuff. So it wasn't super sketchy. But, like, when the eldest sibling came downstairs, they were like, all right, everybody upstairs. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> At least he knows what's happening. <laughs> Thank you, eldest sibling. <laughs> okay, I have one final question. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your first time lined up with your expectation or what you imagined it to be? I think so, yeah, because I I had made the assumptions for myself that, like, I wasn't going to have sex unless I was in a relationship with somebody. And I had a very hard stipulation of them being older than me. Really? Yes. Was it for the experience factor or something else? I think I thought if they were older, it would be an experience factor, but I just genuinely wanted there to be a different age gap. And by age gap, I literally mean we were, like, three months apart. He was 18 and I was 17. Three fucking months apart. Or he was 17 and I was 16. I don't... I think he's 17 and 16. Yeah, because I was 16. Hmm. That's a curious stipulation. That's it. I waited till this man turned 17 and I was like, okay, we can have sex. (laughs) I don't know why that was, like, a mental thing for me, but, like, they just had to be older. Hmm. It's just personal preference. Yeah, I guess. Oh, my God. What? I've dated nothing but older men. Oh, I dated younger. No. That's like a whole different topic. Oh, my God, no. You just have a personal preference. I understand. So, again. Oh, I tried one younger, and I was like, what the fuck is this? I actually had a decent experience with somebody younger. Um, that was the person that kind of introduced me. They were actually more experienced, even though they were younger than I mm. was, because obviously I, I had waited for everything. I right. didn't even kiss until the bad date story. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I was like 17, maybe. Mm-hmm. I was already having sex at that point. Yes, I waited. I didn't lose my virginity until I was like 19, I think it was. So... Yes, I waited a very long time, but the person that was younger than I was actually had more experience, and so I had a really great experience with that person. Um, We did not go all the way. We just were kissing and, like, third base. But I will say that dating younger, can it's more about the timelines, like where you're at in life. Yes, Because that's what ultimately ended us. I was like, I'm going to college. You're still in school. Like... This isn't going to This is not, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's even true for being older, right? Like, being our age in our late 20s. Like, if someone is jet-setting and traveling a bunch and you're ready to settle down, but, like, things are good between you two, it it just isn't going to work because they have a different value in their life right now or a different expectation of their life than you do. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Even from, like, 22 to 25 or 26, like, those couple of years... Yeah. All of the things that we talk about that we've learned, and then, like, to think about someone younger and still going through that, sometimes it's just hard to align your interests, your yeah. experiences. They may have not have learned all of the things that you've learned. Yeah. So, I understand your preference. Yeah. I But, like, my preference didn't really matter because I, st- I dated someone seven years older than me, and that also did not go my way because he was still stuck at 22. So, you know, it goes both ways. It does. It really goes both ways. So just, you know, having the deeper open conversations and getting further than face value is and surface level is extremely important. So that way, going forward, no matter what your choices in life are, they align together if that's the long term goal. That's a great way to say it.
So, Missy, what about your experiences? So, I mean, as we talked about, I waited a very long time. Like I said, I waited till I was 19. I had done some kissing and that type of thing, but I had not had sex. Um, I think that I spent a lot of time researching, doing, like, learning all the things, the steps that we talked about. I learned. I was, like, trying to get a grasp on what it looked like, what might happen, um, all the preventions. And so when I thought about it, I did think that there was going to be, like, a really deep connection. I was going to be in a relationship with that person. I was going to be in love with that person um, and just really have that, like, beautiful romantic act as you see in, like, movies. Mm-hmm. That was kind of what happened, but not really. Um, I decided to date someone actually a lot older than I was, um, and I did start feeling types of feelings for that person, and we were dating, but I did not wait until I was in love with that person, and hormones got the best of me, and I ended up losing my virginity in a car. (laughs) How do you feel about that? Um... Overall, I think that my partner was very attentive. Um, He was more experienced, so I think that it just made for a very comfortable, safe space. Asking me if I was okay, if anything hurt. Um, We used protection. Like, I made sure of all of those things. Um, But I don't think I even knew what I was supposed to feel. Mm -hmm. And so while I I wasn't in any pain um, during the actual act, I also don't think I came right because I didn't know what an orgasm was supposed to feel like it was good like I thought this was I was like oh this is really nice I like this feeling like I've masturbated before right but I didn't know what an or like an actual orgasm was especially because there are clitoral and vaginal orgasms and and you can have both at the same time and that is just a whole other ball game yeah so I I don't think that I came the first time and that's kind of normal I don't think you know what you're what you should be doing no and I think you're also really caught up in the fact of like is this normal is that normal like are we moving together in the right way is my face looking weird like what does my body look like to them there's so many other things I think running through your head for your first time that the relaxation and being able to come for your first time is probably not on the table unless you are with someone who might be more experienced and kind of push you to that limit yeah, and I again, I had, like, the porn videos, like, mm. in my head, and so I was, like, making noises and things when I don't even think I knew that I was, like... You were, you were making noises because you thought that you were supposed to, not because it actually felt good. Thank you, I yes. got you, yeah. So, while I give that partner all the props, like, yeah. did a great job, yep. it was just more, like, my lack of experience that kind Absolutely. of changed it. I think... I look. I still look back on it like I wouldn't regret it. No. If I had done it over, would I have probably changed the location and scenario? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but don't we all? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But that's also because it comes from us having more experience and being like, oh, but like if I could do that. And you're like, yeah, but you couldn't because you literally had no fucking idea. Yeah. None. And I mean, as far as aftercare, I think that like... He checked in with me. It's really nice. We went yeah. to a movie right after. <laughs> so, um, kind of just like chilled out and had that little bit of aftercare where we like spent quality time together. Yeah. Um, I did not bleed. Um, I don't remember. I do remember walking time. a little funny the next day. 
but other than that, I I think we took it slow enough. It wasn't like let's jam it in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, I don't I don't remember bleeding and I don't remember walking funny. But does that mean that I didn't? No, I just don't remember it that well. Uh, yeah, I think I, because I knew what the hymen was and, like, mm. that it tears and that that's where the bleeding can come from. Right. I think I was expecting it, and when it didn't happen, I was like, did it not break? <laughs> like, it's supposed to break. What happened? Yeah, and then you learn, like, later that it's, it it, it can break and bleed, and it cannot break and bleed. Yeah, like, it you can learn still that be much later. Right, yeah. Um, but... It was actually funny because, like, down the road did I experience, like, a deeper um, sensation. And that's where I think I had that little bit of pain because I had broken, like, past something. Yeah. And that was where I did have that little bit of bleeding. But I didn't have it bleeding the first time. Yeah. Me neither. Anything else? No. My, I, I think that my first time versus my sex now is a far cry. Absolutely. It's only course. gotten better. Yes, and it will, too. So please, don't don't mark up your first time as the way that sex is going to be forever. Because I promise it does get better, and that comes from open conversations and trying new things and exploring failing failing trying out things having those awkward interactions i've clinked teeth with people yes that one is i hate it because it freaks me out but like it does it happens and it's funny you gotta giggle about all right that's it so take us out my darling all right so next episode is going to be our quarterly seasonal episode for summer I don't know what it's going to be about yet, but... No, not yet. We will see. Uh, so follow, rate, like, and subscribe. You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at tabletalks.podcast. And practice safe sex. Enjoy yourselves, because sex is supposed to be fun and pleasurable. And have a lovely, open conversation with your partner or partners. <laughs>